Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, I hate you. Now tell everyone why. <laughs> well, well Chris, so the situation is as follows. Um, I, Pete Donaldson, uh, decided to start eating a big bowl of very unhealthy chocolate granola from your waitros uh, just as the podcast started. Because that's what people say. They love the ASMS, ASMR um, sound of a person chomping away on cereal, <laughs> except they don't. Everyone hates that. Uh, everyone's made that very clear it. in emails and tweets and stuff. And then I spent, uh, for the, like, I basically forgot to click uh, record on the recording. Um, so we just did about five or 10 minutes talking about uh, ASMR and how I like the ASMR woman who, um, gets her fingernails and sort of rubs it on, uh, like a hairbrush, like a wooden hairbrush. Now, I really like that sort of thing. Um, Ooh. and we decided we're going to start a new podcast where I just, just eat granola like that. You having a bit of that? Ugh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. We, re- we, re- we recorded the, f- the the best five minutes uh, of podcast history, and uh, <laughs> you didn't have the record button going. But yeah, I've I've no. never really got ASMR. It's a weird thing, and I don't know why you like a woman using her fingernails to scrape across a wooden hairbrush. <laughs> why does that? How do you derive pleasure from that? Why do you derive pleasure from that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, the, the main point is it's nothing sexual. My partner uh, enjoys uh, indulging every now and again, but I, I, I didn't think I'd sort of get it. But um, yeah, ju- but it's just that thing. It's just the woman with the hairbrush going, and it just kind of it makes you the back of your neck sort of tingle a little bit, and it relaxes you. Uh, it's like having a massage, I suppose. <laughs> Never got on ASMR. Don't think Never I ever will. On I, it. I've only shot one ASMR video with Natsuki. I don't know if you saw it. It was 30 famous people you want to take on a picnic with you. And he just read off a list of celebrity names, but he messed up nearly every single one. For example, he read Charles Dickens as Charlie Dickman. Uh, It's just Natsuki like messing up reading. Um, it's it's great there. That's on the second channel. That is quality content. What a wonderful uh, bastardization of his name. (laughs) <laughs> Charlie Dickens. I uh, I just discovered a wonderful sushi restaurant next to Sendai. There's a, a town called Shiogama, which literally means mm. salt place, and they've got salt like place. the best the best like tuna and sushi in all of Japan. And I felt really bad the other day. My sister, uh, I sent her a photo, just sort of showing off that I was eating this amazing tuna, and she sent me a photo of Yo Sushi, the British sushi restaurant, <laughs> uh, and. And she wasn't giving it the best review, but I felt uh, no. a little sense of guilt. But benefits of living in Sendai. 
Live next to Shield Gamma. Yeah. Or just Japan at Hall. <laughs> Chris, Absolutely. I'm hearing this uh, apparently. <laughs> Forget about that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you're giving it the big licks about, you know, being able to eat sushi in Japan, I mean, like, fine, I'll take that one on the chin, but you do live <laughs> in Japan and you do have to travel quite a way to sort of get there to get the sushi. Of um, I would say, <laughs> I've been hearing, Chris, that there might be sort of um, some movements, uh, sort of people who are starting some education um, fairly soon. People sort of getting into the country to uh, start their, like, you know, jet programs stuff like that that's what i've been hearing on the grapevine i don't know i think so i think Ooh. some people have come here as teachers right. uh, i do know that uh, a lot of people that were teaching right on the jet program i think you get a limit of five years and because mm. there were no people coming in to fill those roles mm. uh, schools did the very rare thing of letting jet teachers stay on an extra year or two i think so right okay got some people here six or seven years truly outstayed their welcome uh, but uh, you do feel a bit weird being on the jet program for that long. I think I think it must feel a bit odd. But uh, yeah, fair play to them. I I don't really know though. I know a few friends. I know uh, Connor recently went back to the UK, so he went the mm. he went the other way. I was going to say the wrong way. Although I'm kind of envious. I'd love to go back to the UK for a little bit. I'm losing my mind. I I just need to not be in Japan for like a week. It's all it's all a bit weird, Pete. It's all driving me a bit mad. <laughs> hey, do you feel like you've been different. left behind a little bit? Yes. Without Connor, I'm nothing. No, I, <laughs> I, I would love to go to the UK. I really would. But I'm still not willing to go through the hurdles to get there. Like the quarantines mm. on both ends and all the jabs and all the... And I've had both jabs, but, you know, you've got to have things shoved up your nose. It just sounds brutal. And then when you come <laughs> back to Japan, you've got to sit in like a solitary confinement for something like six days, I think, which right. would just finish me off, I think. I don't know. Just And you just don't know, you know. You might leave Japan, get back to the UK, and then Japan just shuts its doors because it's having a bad time at the moment. So, mm. I don't know. I'd give anything to be in your shoes, Pete. And eat a sausage roll <laughs> and some not chocolate shoes, granola. Man. I'm wearing. I'm not wearing shoes. I've got a lovely. Uh, I bought a lovely rug for my little studio I built, <laughs> and uh, and so I I do not require any shoes right now. Uh, it's still relatively warm, even though we, we've not really had that much of a summer in England. And, and I think you know, as people sort of understand British people, all we do is talk about the weather because we have very strange weather. We sometimes it's rainy. Sometimes it's sunny. But most of the time, it's just a little bit grey and miserable. It's always grey and miserable, Pete, and I I don't miss that. But uh, I guess one thing that's been keeping me occupied is uh, filling up the brand new Abroad in Japan studio with lots of things, and it's finally starting to take shape. It's got a sofa, an L-shaped sofa that I can lounge on, and a table, got a whiteboard now, got a massive green screen. It's really Mm. starting to take shape. It's really kind of exciting. I've never got to put things in a room before on this scale. And it's just magical interior design. You're just going to have like this big kind of a Bron Japan set, basically, to make your Bron Japan TV shows. Exactly. I've Yeah, I've, I've listed the help of a professional set designer uh, who I think worked on the Olympic opening ceremony, amongst other things. But uh, he's really good. He came in and I shared my vision. I basically pointed at a wall and said, Blade Runner, do Blade Runner. And he went, <laughs> yes. And then he sketched out some ideas and I said, yes, and... So it's coming along wisely. It should be lots of neon, should be like a ramen bar, should be mm. all sorts of cool stuff. But I'll get into that nearer the time. It's going to take two months to build the whole thing, but oh, it is going lovely. to be good. Oh, and, Nelly. Uh, it's just nice to have a set, though. It's going to be exciting to mm. experiment and just not film in my bedroom anymore. It's exciting. <laughs> After nine years, why did it take so long? Yeah. Why am I so Treat shit? Yourself. 
at getting things done. <laughs> it took me eight years to not edit on a laptop anymore and get an yes. actual desktop computer with a screen that you can actually see when you edit. It took me nine years to get an editor for some reason. I don't know. Why mm. am I so rubbish? I should have got like a set <laughs> three years ago. I should have got an editor four years ago. I should have got a desktop letting... computer eight years ago. Yeah, but are you even letting the uh, the editor, uh, you know, edit anything? Because you're, you're very every you're very careful. Every now and again, you'll toss a job. Every now and again, fantastic. Every now and again, fantastic. Yeah, he's done a good if job. you look, it, it's it's a good example. Look, if you want to have a job where you don't have to do anything, just work for Chris because he is so <laughs> precious about his own material. He'll never make you do anything. <laughs> Our editor <laughs> does listen to this podcast. I think he oh, claims to. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, know, we'll know. This will be the ultimate test when yes. he comes to me and says, I'm going to kill you. Uh, we'll know now if he actually <laughs> listens to the podcast. He has done a great job, though. He's been editing a video with Ryota and I in Asaksa that's coming out. He did the capsule building one that came out a few weeks ago. Oh, I yeah, love that one. Great that was great. Yeah. I enjoyed very one, much the fact... I enjoyed very much the fact when you were, uh, I think I mentioned it before, you put um, too much volcano on the Naga King Capsule Hotel uh, radio, which I very much No, we enjoyed. didn't. That just came out naturally. That was just, uh, just Sorry, it just came out naturally because it's, you know, it's a smash. Japanese radio, isn't it? It's an international <laughs> Too much volcano. <laughs> well, we've got a story this week from Mike from Wisconsin. Have you ever been to Wisconsin, Pete? I've not, no. Have, Wisconsin? no. have I been to Wisconsin? What's, what's Let me... Let me just go. Let me just find out where Wisconsin is, and I'll tell you where I've been. All right, you do that, and I'll read out Mike's story. Wisconsin. Greetings, Christopher and Peterfer. I'm Mike from Wisconsin, long-time listener and viewer, first-time faxer. I wanted to write and tell one of the most devastating stories I have from my time in Japan. In 2016, I was incredibly excited to be accepted into the JET program and placed in Fukushima to teach English in the city of Shirakawa. My wife and I moved there together in July with plans for our 13-year-old son to come over under the care of my wife's mother and aunt for January. Uh, in true dad planning mode, I didn't anticipate how hard it would be to find a hotel in late December, much less two days before New Year's. Oh, good God. Uh, I felt relieved and extremely lucky to find the one place on Airbnb that fit all of my needs. It was available in an area of Tokyo that wasn't too far from the airport. It had separate rooms, and it was relatively cheap. It even listed as kid-friendly I smugly booked it and assured everyone to trust me because I had everything covered. Fast forward to their arrival, my wife and I got delayed on one of the trains uh, to pick them up at Narita Airport, so everyone was tired and eager to get to the hotel and sleep. First sign that something wasn't right was when we got to the part of the town where the B&B was and there was just a lot of bars and nightlife attractions. After almost an hour of wandering through the area, I finally found the address and told everyone else to wait outside while I went up to the second floor to figure out the situation. When I got there, all I could find was a karaoke box and the entrance to what looked like a bar. I decided to call the number for the Airbnb owner. I explained the situation, and in her hard-to-understand English, she directed me to a door that that, uh, I thought was a bar, but actually turned out to be our accommodation for the evening. When I entered, I found a man asleep behind a small check-in window. The smell of cigarette smoke thick in the air <laughs> and a sign listing the rates of rooms by the hour. That's right, I'd booked a love hotel. For me and my wife and my 13-year-old son and my mother-in-law and my aunt-in-law. <laughs> oh, good God. Good God, Mike. I made my way down the stairs slowly with the dread of what I needed to explain to my exhausted family. Nobody was excited about it, but there was also no other place we could stay that night. We hauled all the luggage up to the sketchy little love hotel. I had to try to explain to the man behind the counter in my mediocre Japanese that we had booked the place on Airbnb, to which he seemed to have 
no idea about. Oh, good God, what's going on here? I showed him the email and communications with the owner, and he finally understood or just gave up and led us down the narrow hallway to one of our two small rooms. This wasn't even one of the nice themed love hotels you see in videos. The beds and the pillows were made of vinyl, so they could they could easily be sanitized. Directly on the other <laughs> side of the thin wall was the karaoke booth that, to its credit, was occupied by some thankfully good singers for much of the night. There were many other rowdy and loud patrons to the Love Hotel throughout the night as well. Needless to say, it was not the relaxing and restful experience we were hoping for. I was appalled at the situation. I just put everyone in. But my mother-in-law and aunt had a good sense of humour, and we all still laugh about it to this day. I eventually did end up getting a full refund from the Airbnb after complaining, and the only change they made to the listing was to remove the kid-friendly portion. (laughs) All the best to you guys. Mike from Wisconsin. Love hotel booking guy. Good God. Easily done, Mike. Easily done. What do you reckon? (laughs) It is easily done. Well, is it easily done? I mean, yeah, the photographs must have been absolute nonsense because you're looking at that and and, and you turn up and you've got to jam about four different people into like one room in a love hotel. Absolutely. But I very much enjoy the, look, I very much enjoy the the vinyl um, pillows and the vinyl vinyl, uh, beds and Mm. stuff. Absolutely disgusting. Was that my I mean, phone? Where's my phone? I never phone do here. that. My phone's never on loud. Sorry, guys. You're a disgrace. I'm eating cereal. I've got my phone on loud. Terrible news. You forgot to hit record. I forgot to hit record. This is a disgrace. <laughs> a classic. But, uh, classic me. It is easy to <laughs> mistakenly book these love hotels, though. I've nearly done it a few times on Booking.com because uh, mm. love hotels. It's funny, before COVID, the uh, love hotels were all changing to become normal hotels, right? To appeal to mm. the many tourists that were coming into Japan. So they kind of got rid of all the themed hotels. They kind of stripped away a lot of the sort of sexiness of love hotels and tried to make them more like standard hotels and then stick them on yeah. booking.com. Um, and so this happens quite a lot. It happens quite often. However, because of COVID and the fact there's now zero tourists, completely like no tourists at all. Uh, A lot of these hotels are in big trouble because love hotels are booming as couples who can't leave Japan or really do anything are Mm. retreating to love hotels to have like a little weekend getaway. Like when I did the, uh, that love hotel video with Connor a few months ago, we, uh, I asked the, uh, the owner of the love hotel, Shishido-san, who's the crazy wacky guy who appeared in two of my love hotel videos. I sort of said to him like, how's business? And he said, oh, very good. It's brilliant. Yeah. So while all really hotels busy. in Japan are stuffed, he's he's cash he's cashing in big time. These love hotels well, are doing great. Well, I mean, hotels are so expensive in Japan, so I understand why they try to sort of grab the sort of tourist market because mm. th- I think we don't have quite as exacting standards as uh, those in Japan. The only difference is mm. um, it's the smoking aspect, isn't it? If there were no smoking in most of yeah. the rooms in love hotels, I think they'd be way more palatable to a Western audience. But as it stands, because everyone's got a tab on all the time, Everyone's got a fag hanging out their mouth. It's 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 difficult, isn't it? And and the hall of the yeah. hotels, love hotel or otherwise, always absolutely stink of smoke. Well, I I mean I I have uh, just I think I told you I got back from filming with Connor in Shikoku amongst other things. Mm. But we actually went to Osaka and we went for Connor's video. Naturally, he was like, "I want to do a love hotel, love hotels." So his video, <laughs> it's just us going into like five or six love hotels. Uh, two of them turned us away for being guys. They were like, no, right. two men, no. No, and two he, men. He, he, no, they said that. They said, uh, <laughs> Futari, Futari dan se dame. literally, 
two men no or two men no good and oh. uh, I think I think he filmed it on the GoPro so that'll be great for the video uh, yeah. got the scoop so to speak well scoop. done Connor got the scoop <laughs> somebody hit the record button well done not mm. everyone not everyone could do that and uh, he uh, yeah that should be a good video but some of those love hotels were absolutely dreadful like we went in <laughs> six two of them I was nearly sick in and uh, it, you know, it was really bad it was really bad so mm. be careful choose your love hotels do some Research online, read the reviews first, <laughs> as you should for hotels, as you should for Airbnb. But um, As you should for anything. As you should. And for the video with Connor in Shikoku, he dragged me to the worst hotel in Shikoku, and that was mm. really bad. I can't remember if I told you about that, but there was mold in the room. There was a right. lot of things under the bed, and we checked out after two hours because we both felt really ill because the room mm. was just, just smelt really badly of smoke and mold. So yeah. I think we're about to Smoke shatter the mold. image. That's Sh- not shatter nice, the image of Japan being cl- like a, a clean place, right? Mm. It's coming down Gross. this month. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's going at you. It's going at you. Um, Chris, have you heard about the uh, roller coaster that just will not quit on oh, people's bonds? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is really sad. I love So my favourite theme park in Japan, Fuji yeah. Q. You haven't been there, have you? The one overlooking Mount Fuji? No. No, I really it's, haven't. No. It's so good. Like, <laughs> easily the best theme park in Japan. Way better than Disney and Universal Studios. Love it. Mm. Um, they've got, like, a big ride where you could go up the roller coaster and get an amazing view of Mount Fuji because Fuji Q is at the base of Mount Fuji. And I did right. put it in a video once. I went there with uh, Sharla before Journey Across Japan and uh, took her on the roller coaster, which she had a phobia on, and she screamed and she <laughs> swore. And uh, it was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, there's a ride there that's very similar to a a theme park ride called Stealth at Alton Towers in the UK. Mm. Um, It's got got lots of different names around the world. But it's one of those roller coasters that accelerates you to 130, sorry, 180 kilometers per hour in 1.56 seconds. And uh, it turns out this ride, which is called Dodompa, it's mm. quite awkwardly Dodompa. Uh, been breaking lots of necks, breaking and fracturing people's <laughs> bones. Lots and of necks. necks, breaking lots of hearts, breaking lots of necks, and like so. So is this something? Why is this kind of roller coaster that presumably has been used all around the world? R and D on this sort of thing is so expensive that you'll sort of see the same roller coaster repeated with some modifications. Yeah, um, so why? Why is it over here that you know three point seven five G's just is absolutely decimating people's necks and backs <laughs> and stuff like that? Well, I know why. I just don't understand why it's happening here. Have you ever been on one of these rides that accelerates you to? You know, 180 kilometers in two I seconds. went on South End Pier a few weeks ago oh, on the on the roller coaster, the Dragon, uh, which was dragon. very sedate, very sedate, one for kids basically. It's very high up, but it's very slow. So yes, I have zero to ten kilometers per hour in five <laughs> seconds. I, uh, I mean, I've been on one of these rides. I went to, I went on Stealth at. Uh, Thought Park in the UK. And it is insane. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. You sit in the, the roller coaster. It has like a flashing lights, a traffic light kind of signal. It counts down. It goes green. And then you just sort of mm. shoot off like a rocket. And it's yeah. over before it's even begun. It uses electromagnets to propel it. Uh, I'm not in the slightest surprise that some people have had their necks uh, kind of buggered from this or they've had like mm. bones broken. Um, I do worry though that it's gonna it could like really affect the theme park because uh, 
you know, people in Japan are very conscious of safety and things like that. Mm. And uh, hearing something like that, it could really damage the thing park. But well, uh, well the the Dodonpa, or whatever you call Dodonpa. it, um, it's something like two hundred thousand visitors, two hundred ten thousand yeah. visitors have ridden it since December, um, and there's been nine injury claims. I mean, I like those odds. We're we're all about I mean, odds yeah. in in the modern world, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's not too bad, but I no. think uh, they. What was it? So they had. Uh, they had four cases of Dodompa. I think Dodompa, Dodompa, I can't even say it. It's such a weird bloody like name. Onomatopoeia I think it's an onomatopoeia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sound yeah. of the roller coaster, right? The noise it it's makes. It's the sound of your, the sound of your <laughs> vertebrae separating. It's the sound of your neck being snapped like a bloody twig. Um, but it kind of pushes your body back really, like kind of like a Tesla when someone accelerates a Tesla, like the way you go back into the seat. But uh, yeah. All right, put it back in the box, old Musk. <laughs> Calm it down. Come on, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, both men and women between the ages of 30 and 59 have suffered broken bones on the ride. But yeah, nine injuries out of 210,000. I'll take those odds. I'll do it. Mm. But you must go to Fuji Q. You must go. It's got the best. Um, it's got like a ghost house, which is like a massive hospital. And they staff it mm. with zombies uh, mm. who are just actors that act very well, to be fair. And I have a tendency to just leave my friends behind and run off when a zombie pops out. Um, <laughs> as he would. I bloody love roller coasters. I'm well up for a visit to Susie Q, whatever. Susie Q? That's, that's Susie Q. Got, wasn't it? Wasn't it a, a singer out of a band, Susie Q? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, Japanese theme parks pretty good. I think another good theme park is uh, Fuji. No, not Fuji Q. Nasu Highland Park in Tochigi mm. Prefecture. I've never been to a theme park where there was no one there, uh, but I've been there twice and there's no one ever there. But it's got like seven <laughs> roller coasters and they're all pretty oh. good. And I'd, it's yeah, Nasu Highland Park. It's in a video I made years ago in Natsuki called "How to Lose Weight in Japan Week One or Week Two. I forget. Uh, we went there to make a video. We didn't really film anything. I was having too much fun. Mm. But there's a few, there's a few excerpts, there's a few clips of it. But like Natsuki <laughs> and I went round the theme, like r- went on the roller coaster and. After we got round it and we're about to get off, we just said, can we go on it again? Because there's no other customers on the queue. <laughs> and he used to let us go around it like three or four times. It's amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's great. sweet. Yeah. That's the best kind of theme park. Nasu the Highland Park, park in Tochigi. It's great. Smashing. And avoid Disneyland, but Universal Studios is good. Right. That's my, my ranking system. Number one, Fuji Q. <laughs> Number two, Universal Studios. To be fair, there's a lot of cool stuff there. I, mm. I'm i all up for Harry Potter world. Not so sure about the Mario Park yet. It did look mm. kind of cool. The old Mario <laughs> Park. Does that pique your interest? I'd love a bit of that, Chris. I'd love to get involved in the old in the old Marios. Aren't they going to be creating um, like Ubisoft World somewhere? I, I want to say oh, that God. that's happening somewhere in like Taiwan or something strange like that. After the after the success, limited success, because there's only three people who can get there uh, in there at the, at the same time um, of uh, of the old uh, Mario World, Nintendo World, Ubisoft World. <laughs> What's all the rides going to be? Are they going to look really good in the trailers and then just be oh, rubbish when you actually ride political. them? Political. Political satire from Chris. We don't expect that kind of behaviour. It's Ubisoft. They, <laughs> it's they make Ubisoft, the trailers for everything right. look so good and then you play the game and it's like like 50% of as good as it looks in the trailers. <laughs> Why do they do that, Pete? Why can't they just make um, a game that's good? To be fair, Far Cry 5 was good. 
I'll give him that. Far Cry, Far Cry, uh, the new Far Cry is coming out uh, with the uh, bloke out of Breaking Bad. That's coming out very soon. People have yeah. um, been reviewing it or previewing it rather. And uh, I love Far Cry. It's definitely my game. I think once once uh, once that comes out, I'm going to play that to death. I think. I mean, I remember playing the original Far Cry, completely underrated mm. game. Just pretty cool to enter a sandbox world and just be able to choose which sort of way you go to your end destination. It's like, para- mm. remember lots of paragliders, lots of paragliding. Yes. Because it was set on this like, tropical paradise, right? And you could like, like grab a hand glider, sail through the air, shoot a few people. It was glorious. <laughs> it's it's things I wish I could do in real life. But no, it's <laughs> great. Life. Far Cry- Love Far Cry. Not yeah. so sure about their other games, though. <laughs> Watchdogs, don't know. They, they didn't do so well there. No. But I haven't come here to rant about Ubisoft. I've come here to tell you that it's time for the fax machine after this quick break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Donaldson, from our listeners? We got a message from Ven. Hello, Ven. Great name. Great uh, email, presumably. Uh, dear Chris Otero and Peter, son of Donald, my name is Ven, uh, and I'm writing to you from a very rainy Manchester. My question to you is, uh, what do you think Japan of 2035 will look like? Have the uh, have the Chris Broad branded drones with added claw hammers taken over the skies of Sendai? Will Pete Donaldson finally have the furniture for his new pad? Kind regards, Ven. I probably won't have got all the furniture for my new pad, to be quite frank. I don't even know if I'll be here in 2035. I'll be dead by then. My diet of chicken and despair. I <laughs> I think I think the population of Japan is going to plummet massively in the next 10 years. Like mm. I think it was going to slip beneath 100 million by 2035, right, they believed, and it was going to go right. to 80 million by 2050, which is an astronomical drop from 126 million where it is now. So yeah. I think the countryside is going to look a lot emptier. There's going to be a lot of empty buildings, unfortunately. But then maybe Japan needs a bit of depopulation because it's just so bloody full of people and it's so damn busy. <laughs> I don't know. I think um, 
and also they what else have they got coming up in 2035 they've got the maglev train between Tokyo and Nagoya which is supposed to cut down the railway times by about 3 minutes that's going to be good oh, interesting and <laughs> it's it's supposed to be a lot faster i think the current time between Tokyo and Nagoya is about 2 hours or 90 minutes and it's going to cut right. that down to about an hour only problem is the maglev train i think there's only one track or uh, they can they can fit fewer people on the trains, and there's has, there's going to be less of them. So mm. really, it's not going to solve that many issues. But it'll Sounds be a like lot a more premium fun. Service to me should be fun. I know you like yeah. your swanky train seats. I know you well, love tried, your high tech trains. Is it Shanghai where we went? The, the maglevs in Shanghai, isn't it? One of the, one of them anyway. It just yeah, seems yeah. to it. They seem to sort. Of, it seems to be so expensive, prohibitively expensive, that you can only use it in certain situations, which is uh, hilarious. And because the yeah, and because it uh, the way it operates, it's kind of in a straight line, uh, mm. which means they've had to burrow their way through all the mountains of central Japan, which is an astonishing feat of engineering. But uh, mm. yeah, I think the first uh, the first link between Tokyo and Nagoya actually opens in 2027, and then right. by 2030 or 2035, the whole route to Osaka should be up and running. So that's my prediction: less people, faster trains, brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. What else do you think will be going on in Japan 2035, Pete? If anyone can do it uh, train-wise, I think the Japanese can do it. The, the the thing is, though, they'll probably, I mean, they'll probably get their head around um, Zoom calls by then, and which means you don't even have to travel to Osaka to do anything. <laughs> so it'll just be used That's as cargo true. routes, maybe. Cargo routes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, Japan's actually finally embraced the idea of doing remote Remote work. I know Ryotaro was uh, trying to encourage people to. Uh, he's, he's sort of doing some sort of promotion at the moment where he's trying to encourage people to go and live in like a hut in the mountains and just mm. uh, do remote working. Although I don't mm. know how popular that is. But yeah, I think people are embracing doing Zoom in Japan. So yeah. yeah, I don't know what the future holds for Japan. I can't say. I'd like to say I'm optimistic. But I'm not. The reason is Japan has an astonishing amount of national debt. It's got the worst debt ratio of any country on earth. And you might argue that Japan has a very unique system, a very unique financial structure. But I do think Japan is going to be in a big, have a big problem in around 2030. Because uh, right now, so much of the population is elderly. Uh, they're not having enough kids. And mm. it's really because it's a reverse pyramid in terms of. Uh, in terms of demographics, there's not enough people to pay the pensions. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what right. they're going to do, Pete. What are they going to do? Robots? Is it going to be robots? It'll, it'll, there'll be some kind of solution involving robots and boobs. That's that's the what robots, they do in Japan. <laughs> it's what they're obsessed with. It's going to be robots. And it's going to be love hotels, just like Mike, Mike <laughs> went to in the story. Earlier on, we got one here from Giselle. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I'm writing to you guys from White Rock in British Columbia. White Ooh. Rock. just sounds so cool. Normally, I'll be writing in from Logan Lake, but I was ordered to evacuate yesterday afternoon because of a massive out-of-control wildfire. Good Lord. Uh, this mm. brings me to my question. What happens in Japan when a disaster hits or is about to hit uh, and there is time to act before loss of life occurs? What do people do? Where do people go? We had been on alert for a week before we got the order to leave. I had time to gather my things and pets and find a safe place to stay. When the order came through to leave, we were ready. I hope to be able to go home soon and have a home to go to. Uh, cheers, guys. All the best, Giselle. Good God. I hope you're okay, Giselle. I hope you got mm. out safe. I, you know, these wildfires are insane. I saw a, 
uh, drone footage of half of Siberia on fire the other day, like uh, a fire in Siberia that uh, completely dwarfed all the other fires going on in the world, I think. Mm. Um, like, yeah, these wildfires are insane. I just think the, uh, I, I think, I mean, you look at um, the, the rains and the tornadoes and stuff in, uh, in like New Orleans and stuff, half the, all the banks and the hospitals yeah, and stuff, yeah. they're getting their, uh, their, their roofs torn off them. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going out there. So look, if you're listening to uh, Bron Japan and you are displaced, I hope you get home soon. I hope you, uh, you're, you're safe and sound. Absolutely. I think we take it for granted in the UK how lucky we are that nothing bad really happens. We don't have mm. any bears, we don't have any lions or snakes <laughs> or killer spiders, we don't have any tornadoes or typhoons or hurricanes or earthquakes or nuclear disasters. It's a pretty standard country, but we still mm. find things to whinge about and complain about. Whereas every other country in the world, there's so many things going on. What's the trade-off is very much. The trade-off is very much. Uh, if you've got nice hot weather, you get the snakes and the tornadoes <laughs> and the typhoons and all that stuff. But that we've got true. quite grey, sort of basic, sort of standard. Doesn't really go anywhere weather. So we're, we're we're very lucky, like you said, very very lucky indeed. But as to Japan and disasters, I mean, I think they're pretty prepared now for things like tsunamis and mm. earthquakes. Whenever there's an earthquake you get uh, a little warning on your phone pop-up seconds before the earthquake arrives, um, mm. which, of course, is not really any time to prepare for anything. But no. uh, when, it, when an earthquake happens, it sends... They discovered, I think, a few decades ago that uh, it sends out these little shock waves ahead mm. of time, right? These little sort of supersonic pulses of energy. And uh, they use earthquake trackers to track those, set off the alarms before the actual serious earthquake arrives. But... Uh, yeah, I hope they're better prepared for tsunamis now, though, because obviously that was one of the biggest problems in 2011 when the the big one hit uh, and so many coastal towns were sort of washed away along the, the coastline of Miyagi. Uh, I think they've got a lot more sirens and things in place now, though. But mm. uh, when there is a disaster, what typically happens is people go to a designated zone, like a, uh, a school hall, like a big gym, the school gym right. or something. They go there and uh, escape there, and that kind of helps. But uh, yeah. Japan is pretty good, though, at uh, getting through things like that. Well, they sort of detect it through, like, uh, groundwater swells and stuff like that. I noticed in, in Fukuoka Castle, they had these kind of big, um, like, ancient wells that, you know, back in the day you'd be getting all of this uh, water from. Um, but there was a sign sort of saying that, that we keep these wells up and running because uh, before an earthquake, before a tsunami and stuff hit, uh, we noticed some real deviations to the normal uh, groundwater no level. Uh, and, huh. and so they, they use that to, to detect as well. Um We've got a message from Jack. Hello, Jack. Hello, Omega Chris and Pete Supreme. Omega. <laughs> wow. My name is Jack, and I'm writing from Maui in Hawaii. Come on. You haven't been to that, Chris? I'd love to be in Maui. <laughs> Lucky day. Oh, I'd love to be in Maui. Uh, I'm writing to you because I'm constructing a Japan bucket list, and I wanted to know some of the things you really want to do before your time in Japan is done. Visiting all 47 prefectures is on my bucket list, but as people who have either lived in Japan or visited Japan frequently – what say you? Keep up the great work, Jack. You were shaking your head as that was uh, as that was being read out. Is it, you, you don't want to do it. Do not do the forty-seven no. prefectures. Do the bucket list. Don't do forty-seven prefectures. The fact right. of the matter is, so many prefectures in Japan are the same. You're not going to find anything <laughs> overly unique. You know, hmm. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do all forty-seven prefectures. It took me nine years to do it. What you, you know? How are you going to do what that? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It'd be so rushed, though, wouldn't it? It'd be so rushed. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. so. 
47 is just an interesting number. It always reminds me of Hitman. Agent 47. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Just, <laughs> just, that's I all mean, I've got. <laughs> that's on your bucket list. Yeah. Assassinate one person every prefecture. What's on your <laughs> Japan bucket, li- bucket list, Pete? I bet it's something shocking. Uh, uh, bucket list I just want to go back I want to go back I want to take my partner I want to take her to somewhere sunny and beachy and and, and just like basically run around uh, with her going look at this this is good isn't it this is good this is good and she's not that arsed because she's you know she's not that interested but I just want to just bore, the, bore the, the, the crap out of her just by like showing her stuff that she's you know robots and, and, and ice creams and toys and nonsense <laughs> robots and ice creams yeah, <laughs> robots and ice creams. I, I, it's going to be a good day when you do bring her because I love, I do love showing friends around the first time they come to Japan and watching mm. their faces drop when they see certain things, like walking through Shinjuku at night, seeing all the lights, or going to a robot restaurant, which is gone now, so you can't do that. Um, right. Like you know, it's just really cool showing friends around Japan. One of my favorite things is always taking friends to like an izakaya. and then giving them loads of sake and getting loads of good food and stuff. That's always fun. Or sushi good sushi mm. and sashimi uh i annoyed my friend once the editor who i here we mocked earlier who may or may not be listening to this podcast the editor of born japan i took him a sushi at like 10 o'clock in the morning and he was really angry and unhappy because he didn't want to eat sushi at 10 o'clock in the morning which i understand to be fair eating raw fish in the morning can be a little bit eh, the first few times you do it and i think it tainted his experience of sushi overall and now he doesn't like it unfortunately <laughs> So, but like, I don't know, it'll be fun though. Like, what are you looking forward to showing her the most? I just want to go, like, I just want to go to Okinawa and go swimming and snorkeling and stuff. And I want to um, show her all the stinky places in Shibuya I like and, and just uh, Mandrake <laughs> and, you know, just Mandrake. stuff that she wouldn't have experienced. She went briefly um, for a couple of days. Well, she went briefly for one day, I think, on the way to Australia about 10 years ago. I just want to go. go I, I, I just want her to know why I bloody love the place because I I, I, don't, I, I think she just thinks I'm a bit weird. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I wonder coming why. From the guy yeah. that likes I mean, she to, knows that anyway. <laughs> coming from the guy that likes to listen to ASMR tapes of someone stroking their fingers over a wooden comb. She's <laughs> into ASMR as well. Come on. <laughs> it can't be as bad as that, though. What, what does she listen to? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, what it... she, she likes anything. Anyone playing with uh, people's hair? <laughs> that doesn't make a noise. There is no noise when you touch someone's hair, surely. Well, yeah, you know, there's like a little kind of like like a ruffle, I suppose, when you touch people's hair. Ruffle, oh, ruffle. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. <laughs> I, I'll help you, though. I'm, I will help you make uh, a bucket list of things to do. Mm. I don't know. I think that's a good topic, though, for another podcast, a whole podcast dedicated to that. I would say go to an onsen, go to Mount Fuji, try and see Mount Fuji if you can, but mm. you won't, and uh, go to Osaka, eat some takoyaki. I think food needs to be at the heart of any bucket list, any trip to Japan, like build it around mm. food. I think that would make it truly rewarding. And that, that is a good reason to visit all 47 prefectures because they do do a good job here of like domestic tourism because so many people in Japan don't have a passport. So many people don't travel outside the country. They've made it the perfect place for domestic tourism. And so every prefecture has a unique dish in the way that we don't have in the UK. Like you don't go to Essex for, for for a certain dish. Do you? Does Does where you are have any good food? 
That's, that's local. Um, well, I mean, we've got a lot of... I, I mean, a lot of um, seafood, oysters and the like. Oh, right, well. Because uh, I now live in, on the seaside. But, uh, yeah, I've really got to stop doing it. I can't be just eating oysters all the time. But they're so delicious. They're probably quite good for you as well, I reckon. Oysters and Not chocolate granola. <laughs> oysters yes. and chocolate granola. Yeah. <laughs> the Pete Donaldson diet. say off the chocolate granola. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris... I have to say, um, I can exclusively reveal uh, that I have indeed uh, been to um, your friend and mine, um, Wisconsin. So I, I, I went over the border from Chicago, went and visited Milwaukee one night after a football ramble tour, and yeah. uh, and then flew out the very next day. So yes, uh, to answer your question earlier on, Wisconsin, I've been there. <laughs> That's what you've been doing. I've been trying to host the podcast, and Pete's been looking at his phone the entire time, going through been his old photos. Trying to figure out of Milwaukee to Wisconsin. In, in Wisconsin, the only thing <laughs> I know about Wisconsin is that's where Red Letter Media are, and that's what they're famous for. Just oh, Red, Letter, Red Media? Letter Media, the best YouTube channel ever. Oh, they did the what, what amongst did other do? things. They did the funny Star Wars review, the Phantom Menace. Oh. I see. Don't, be, oh, don't you owe me. Go and watch it now. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Red All right, bye. <laughs> right, keep the stories, questions, comments coming into to Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days still over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have a good few days. We'll see you over again here on the Born Japan podcast. Bye for now. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.